Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this here show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 13, Taking Advice from Experts. Nine years ago, Kate Flanders started a blog named Blonde on a Budget to chronicle her journey to pay off $30,000 of debt and write about her experiments surrounding personal finance. Her website quickly took off, garnering millions of views from around the world and very quickly became one of the most popular personal finance blogs on the internet. The whole internet. One experiment that she conducted for the website in particular, uh, it was doing a year-long shopping ban where she saved half of her income and didn't buy anything she didn't absolutely need, went viral, which even spawned a book called The Year of Less, which you might have heard of, that to date has become one of the best-selling personal finance memoirs of all time. Then, one night about a year ago, at the time that I'm sitting down in my quiet, humble little office to record this introduction and this podcast. Uh, She decided to pack it all in. She published a blog post that I still remember landing in my email inbox named Why I'm Retiring from Personal Blogging. It's linked in the show notes. And since that date, apart apart from sharing the occasional nature photo on Instagram, you can follow her there at Kate Flanders, C-A-I-T, Flanders. Uh, she's only she's posted pretty much nothing online. She packed up her Twitter account, the Facebook page for her blog, and her podcast and everything else. It's all gone. In that blog post, she writes, referring to the uh, idea of blogging itself, quote, it's just not as fun anymore. I used to open up new browser tabs and visit people's blogs like I was walking into their dorm rooms and sitting on their beds. Then we'd share life updates, what little bits of advice we had, and both walk away feeling like we'd had a great conversation with a friend. Now, it feels like every platform, blogs, social media, etc., is a place for people to shout and be heard. We have been told we need to build, grow, make money, and have all the answers. We need to be experts. I don't want to be an expert. I just want to be a human. End quote. That last line there, it struck me hard. Uh, I, I still remember reading it. Because I make my living as a productivity expert, as someone who travels around giving speeches about productivity, who writes books about the topic, and has a podcast about becoming better to boot. Uh, it's what I've experimented most with over the last decade or so, and it's the topic that I love the most. But something else struck me at the exact same time, that Kate is right There are so many experts out there telling us what to do, how much money to save, how to work, how we should live our lives. And if any odd person can just call themselves an expert, who should we trust and believe? And so in thinking about this idea the other day, another thought occurred to me that I absolutely had to get Kate on the podcast. And luckily, she was gracious enough to accept and give us all some of her time. So please, without further ado, welcome to the podcast. Kate Flanders. Yeah, at 25 years old, also, like, that's an incredible amount of debt to carry at pretty high interest rates, um, because a lot of that was credit card debt, or I had put some of it, like, on a line of credit, which was a better interest rate, but not, Mm. you know, not great still. Um, And yeah, you know, 
the point for me was like, I guess it wasn't rock bottom per se, but I was maxed out, meaning that I had like $100 left on one of my credit cards and basically no money in the bank. So I didn't really have a choice but to start caring about my money. Um, And so, yeah, I just like started reading books about it and started writing about what I was doing and the changes that I was making and that I was learning how to budget. And like I kind of had a plan for how I was going to get out of debt, but not really. And I was just kind (laughs) of seeing what I could do. Um, Yeah. so. So this was a journey that that unfolded for you and as it unfolded for the audience of your website. Yeah. I mean, I wrote about like paying off my debt specifically and really not much else for a full two years. Um, that's how long it took me to pay it all off. And, you know, two years later wrote this post just saying I'm debt free and like what that meant to me. Um, I mean, at that point it was interesting because I actually thought that I was going to stop blogging then. Um, I remember talking Hmm. to my mom about it and just saying like, well, there's no point in continuing to blog, like I, I did the thing. Like I only started my blog because it was kind of a tool for myself. Like when yeah. I when I started writing, I had no thoughts that anyone was ever going to read it. It was literally like I'm just going to track my spending and like learn how to budget. I'm going to write it down kind of on a website to keep myself accountable. Um, and then like over time, it just picked up more and more readers. And but yeah, at the end, I'm like what am I going to write about now? Because (laughs) this was the whole point. That was it. That's all that I was doing. Um, But the neat part of that is that... The journey, the journey unfolded and you got to the end of it. Totally. Um, The neat part was something that was really unexpected, which is that by writing and sharing publicly, um, and I will say, especially being Canadian, because at the time there were not a lot of Canadian personal finance bloggers. Um. So what was neat is that because I was writing publicly and, you know, I didn't have my name on it at first, but after about a year, put my name on it and just started being more open with kind of family and friends. I actually started picking up freelance work. So I had like, like a couple banks reach out and be like, oh, would you want to write articles on debt or budgeting or anything like that for us? And it was kind of like, like shrug emoji. Okay, sounds great. (laughs) And but I sort of started just like dipping my toes into freelance. Um, Hmm. So when you started doing this freelance work, was that sort of the point where you made the jump from talking about that journey of yours to coming off or coming across as an expert to other people, would you say? I mean, it's probably like if if I was an outsider looking at the situation, uh, yeah, probably I would look at someone if they were like freelancing on a topic that would probably make them seem like more of an expert on it. Um, yeah, I think mm. for me, I still like everything I've ever really written about this has been either just personal experience or sharing other people's stories. So I don't really, Mm. I mean, I could probably tell you 10 facts about credit cards that you should know or (laughs) things to look out for (laughs) when you buy certain kinds of insurance. Like I could probably tell you certain things like that, but I, yeah, I just, I always wrote from a place of experience rather than Mm. like 10 ways to do this. Yeah. This is, this is kind of the fascinating thing about, about that jump that you took right the 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 jump from having this blog having it be this 
this success and then suddenly taking it off the internet overnight. That line, um, I I don't want to be an expert, I just want to be human. Um, It it struck me so hard in reading that article, the the kind of um, ultimate article on, on your website, because like I make my living as a quote unquote expert, right? Like I give travel around giving speeches about um, the topic of productivity. I write books on it, and a lot of it's from that personal journey. And I think like if somebody isn't vulnerable with with where they fail with with regard to their um, what what they're experimenting with, they're just full of BS, right? Because um, they're they're kind of on that that high pedestal. But mm-hmm. that that idea of what what does it mean to be an expert? Like I, I just kind of like every once in a while, like there are very few blog posts that I read that I think back about frequently. And I probably think about this blog post, which came out over a year ago by the time people will be listening to this. I probably think about that blog post, man, every every few weeks in a way that other ideas don't stick with me, right? I don't want to be an expert. I just want to be a human. What, in your eyes, like when you hear the word expert, what does that mean uh, to you when you hear that? Well, first of all, it's neat and sort of interesting to know that it stuck with you. I think that's the cool part about writing is that you you have no idea which words are going to land for which people and why. Um, yeah. I think for me... I don't love the word expert because there's something about it and it could be totally personal, right? But there's something about the idea of being an expert that to me means there's nothing left to learn. Like, you know, everything. Mm. And that to me is not only like probably impossible (laughs) for you to know everything about a single topic, but I also, I don't I don't ever want to stop learning. So I would Mm. rather like know some, some of the facts, some of the information and like know enough that I can either improve my own situation, help other people by sharing what I'm learning. Um, But to sit and be an expert, it's like, Oh, I don't need to know anything else. Like I already know everything. (laughs) And there's something about it that just doesn't feel right because like I know like you see it online all the time people will call themselves an expert in something and I always want to like kind of shoot them a message and ask a question and like see if they know the answer (laughs) because my guess (laughs) is that test them yeah yeah well my guess is like yeah you're gonna know a lot of stuff I know lots of things but do you know everything and again, I, yeah. I also do know there are people that just have incredible memories. And like my friend Azalea is one, she can read any book and the amount of information that her brain can hold on to <laughs> is just mind boggling. Oh, that'd be great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's not how it works for me. It's like, I'll pick up certain things. It's like, that's what I needed in that moment. And I could read the book again a year later and pick up some other things. And so, yeah, yeah. to me, it's yeah. just like the idea of, that you know everything and there's nothing left to learn. And I don't, I don't think it's even possible, but even if it was possible, I just don't want to label myself as that of any topic. Yeah. My, my favorite is when somebody labels themselves as a guru about Ooh. anything. Oh, there's <laughs> nothing that makes me want to gag on my coffee more than hearing, hearing somebody call themselves a guru. And like the, the ironic thing is that 
like given just this, this topic of productivity, like the more I learn about it, the less I feel equipped to talk about it because <laughs> I just find more questions. Yeah. And I, I remember one interview in particular, um, a, a guy asked a question and I said, I, I don't know, like next question. And he said, what? You're supposed to have an opinion about everything. You're supposed... And that that idea that we're supposed to have an opinion about everything, mm. in addition to being a, this expert about these things that we explore, uh, you know, like it's it just it makes, it should make somebody uncomfortable. Like when you consume advice because because i imagine that you read books on money on becoming better um you know the, the all, all kinds of topics what do you keep in mind when you when you consume the advice of people that call themselves to be experts or do you just stay away from that advice entirely uh no i think it's probably just like this answer has probably shifted over the years i think in general um i don't read that much that's published on the internet anymore and Mm. that probably sounds weird because so much is on the internet but i (laughs) i think that there are so many people creating content now who are creating it from this space of like i need to prove myself i need to become an expert in this i need like Mm. i need to build a brand i need to do this i need to whatever and None of it feels real in the sense that like, you know, people are just doing it to sort of make money, make a business. Um, yeah. So to be honest, like the majority of stuff I consume now is I read a lot of books. <laughs> like I listen to, I listen to a lot of podcasts as hey. well. And well, and the reason I love podcasts is because you will find a mix of personal experience plus like storytelling plus sharing of resources, like sharing other information. Probably sort of the topic or like just the idea that everyone needs to kind of capitalize on whatever knowledge they have and share it on the internet for all to consume has made the internet feel really icky in a way. Um, so yeah, there's like... A f- Are there certain words that kind of trigger you like guru does? Like uh, another one is thought leader. Oh yeah, I don't When somebody don't calls like themselves that. a thought leader. Are there any other trigger words for you that like, oh, get me away from this guy? That's a good question. Expert is definitely <laughs> the biggest one. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to think about that more. Expert. Expert is a big one, though. Like when people put expert of something in their like a bio on, I don't know, Twitter, I'm Instagram. Change my Twitter bio right <laughs> now. <Yeah. laughs> No, but to, to say expert no just, just, just <laughs> i feel like that's something expert that's like our friend paul jarvis would do if i told him this we had this exact conversation he would literally just go change his bio to say one word expert <laughs> expert expert thought leader guru totally. paul jarvis that's, that's paul 100 percent. yeah that's oh paul. my gosh that's funny are there any kind of like in addition to those words any warning signs that uh, you look out for when you follow somebody's advice like a, a few for me um is when somebody isn't vulnerable they pretend they're perfect they mm. speak from this kind of uh pedestal in in this condescending language like oh i have everything figured out with regard to this topic productivity books are the worst for this are is there anything you kind of look out for when you um 
when you consume advice? Yeah, I mean, I would would just agree with all of those to start. And I think that this is like probably one of the reasons I now will not follow anything on social media um, is the minute I feel like someone's writing something just to help me or fix me, I'm out. Like, and that's, I think, Mm -hmm. where I go so... Like for me, storytelling is so important. Um, and it goes back to that, like being vulnerable, be, being a real person. Um, yeah. And just sharing like what's going on. Or like if I was looking for money advice specifically, I would likely only follow maybe a couple of, I don't even know if they would call themselves experts, but like actual hmm. financial planners. Like there's um, a woman named Shannon Lee Simmons in Ontario. She's written a couple of great books. She is an actual financial planner and works with people all the time. So I really trust the way that, like the information that Shannon shares, because she does this all the time. Like it's not just her on a pedestal, like I know everything. She works with real life people all of the time. Yeah. Um. So I would, I would like trust anything that Shannon shared also because I've read her books. And it, when you read her books, you're like, yeah, Shannon gets it. Like she knows what is going on? Like how real people need or like what kind of advice real people need. Um, and that it's not just for her to make money. She's literally sharing stories Mm. and knowledge and it's great. Yeah. So that connection to the real world. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like when people just share from like me, 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 like it's, I don't know, like you're not the only person who's had these experiences. And I think it's important to also be like, yes, like I think it's good for us to share our stories so people know um, or can see examples of like how to make changes, right? Like here's a, like I shared, you know, when I was paying off my debt, but I also didn't write it from this place of like, I'm this expert on debt repayment and yeah, here's everything I can teach you. It was like, hi, I'm a real human and I've screwed everything up. And the majority of my blog posts for the first two years were literally just my weekly spending reports. Like I was not mm. writing these really interesting or thoughtful pieces I was just writing what my spending was looking like and how I wanted to change it. And Mm. so I don't know if that then is one of the reasons it, I don't know, was like more digestible for people, more interesting for people, because I certainly was never and still have never written an article that's like, here are the best ways to get out of debt. Like, I'm not the person to write that. Like, I think, I think money specifically is so personal that everyone has to find their own way of doing it. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Stories for me, it always goes back to that. Yeah. So so if somebody's looking for sort of a checklist for you know should I take somebody's advice, um, you know maybe maybe let's add a few things to the checklist. So like look out for how somebody sees their work. Like if they're looking for. Uh, if they're continuing to to ask questions and look for answers, or whether just they're just pretending to know it all, um, I love what you said about stories as well. Um, you know, sharing the stories of other people, having that connection with the real world. Is there anything else you'd add to that list? Like, okay, like I want advice on, I don't know, losing weight. Like, how how should I evaluate what is out there? Yeah, well, for that one, I would say probably everything is garbage. <laughs> 
<laughs> like for that for that topic. for that thing in particular yeah um <laughs> until michael michael greger comes out with his dieting book then <laughs> everything's garbage um but for money i think that's the thing is that in my eyes I, like the people we should be looking to are like for actual specific advice, it probably is the people who have written books about it. If I'm honest, like the people who have really done the work. Um, yeah. Like, so people who've written books, it's to me a great place to start. Like, I think that, um, there's, I don't know. There's just like a certain level of, it's not authority. Like that's not quite the right word, but in order to write at least like a traditionally published book, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of editing that goes into that and a lot of just like fact checking. So I don't have filtering too. Oh yeah. Like, like the publisher has to say, okay, this, this lady can write a book and she knows enough to write the book and there's enough content here to actually put out the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas like what, something I think about like, for me, as the way that I was writing about it, I think it's great to read blogs just so that you're getting other people's stories and you're getting like more mm. experience, like or more people's experiences. So if you're looking at them more from a place of like inspiration rather than advice, I think that's a great way, way to read personal finance blogs. Um, mm. But I think for actual advice, I would I'd probably stick to the books. Hmm. So read blogs for motivation, read books for advice. Yeah. Huh. I like that. Information. Yeah, then it rhymes. <laughs> read uh <laughs> read blogs for motivation, read books for in or nope. what was it? Damn it. <laughs> information. Damn it. Information. Motivation, information. Oh, that's really helpful. This is um yeah, well, what, one of the things I love about you, first of all, I love you, but I love the the work that you put out because uh, you are so thoughtful on on things like this, and it, it's kind of weird being on the other side of of you know being called an expert because the fact of the matter is people enjoy listening to experts um, because when somebody's looking to explore a topic more deeply, they look okay, who's out there giving advice on this stuff? Who are the experts? But it's uh, it's helpful to know that, you know, not every expert has that stuff figured out. And maybe the reason they were attracted to something in the first place was that they were anything but an expert about a topic. Well, I mean, you also come from things as a place of like sharing experiments and so therefore sharing personal experiences. Um, you also did not start as an expert. No, kind of a nerd about the topic, but yeah, it's just it's just so ironic that the more you figure out about something, the less you feel equipped to talk about it because you realize that nobody really has something figured out. But maybe um, maybe the best experts are somebody who's just a bit further along on a journey than you are. Oh, I think that's a that's a great definition of like. Yeah, people to look for either motivation or, or sorry, either yeah, motivation or information from are people who are just a little further along motivation. than you. Yeah, we're gonna need to like write a rap song. I don't think we're gonna win any Grammys here, but like I think we could probably no. <laughs> figure something out. <laughs> the most cringeworthy rap song <laughs> in the history. <laughs> Maybe the next episode of the podcast will be the rap battle written by Canadians. <laughs> Yeah. So it'll be a very friendly rap. It won't even be a rap battle. It'll be a rap 
co-mingling um, <laughs> of sorts. So Kate Flanders, the, the one thing, um, the, the Kate Flanders author of the year of less, it's available wherever books are sold in, in any format underneath the sun uh, blog. Uh, your blog is kateflanders.com, C-A-I-T-F-L-A-N-D-E-R-S.com. Uh, the, the question that is always fun to ask somebody to cap off an interview, um, in, in the theme of the podcast overall, what is one thing that you're working on becoming better at right now? Um, am I being really honest? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, yeah, no, I would say that the most honest answer I can give for this is romantic relationships. Um, just in that, that is something I have like backburnered for a long time. And yeah, like sort of at the beginning of this year, just had this, I, idea that like I feel ready to do the work because I know that there will be work involved and and work involved meaning like I've got to change some stories I've been telling myself for years and there's like old patterns from like younger Kate who dated that I don't want to bring into future partnerships and just stuff like that so it's it's been um, a, a big focus for the year per se like starting a relationship, learning how to develop that, learning how to communicate differently and, and just being really conscious with it and um, knowing it will be messy and not perfect and all of that. But yeah, it's, that is, that is probably it. I've done a lot of work on sort of friendships and family over the years. Like I have really great relationships in my life and that is an area that needs attention now. Or that oh, I that I want. That's good. I like it. Yeah, that I I'll, want to give attention to. Yeah, it's nice to have a brutally honest answer. Um, it, I'm curious now. Mm-hmm. So that was your your deeply honest answer. What was the other answer that wasn't deeply honest that would have made a good answer for a podcast? <laughs> um. Uh, you. No, no, no. I mean, like, it's funny because. I would say not that I haven't been doing any work to get better. It's just sort of like, I think one of my things at the beginning of 2019 was like, I don't really want to set any like hard goals of like, I need to be better at like X, Y, or Z. Um, I think like I have a really nice routine of like kind of, yeah, just how I live daily life and I take care of myself and I eat well and I feel fine kind of about all of those things and I exercise and all the things yeah. like uh, everything feels pretty okay. Um, I would say I am journaling a lot more this year and that's not really surprising hmm. considering that I like what my blog used to be was basically my diary, but on the internet. <laughs> Um, yeah. and so it's not actually that surprising to me that I'm, <laughs> I'm writing a lot more by hand in my actual journal this year mm. and have almost filled, I don't know, like, I think it's 250 or 300 pages. Like I'm, I've already almost filled it for wow. this year. So that's pretty cool. Cause I, I huh. honestly can't say that I've, uh, ever really done that before, like kind of maintained something for that yeah. long. So, yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Man, all good answers. Cool. The uh, the deep one and the not so so that's all good. Uh, I, I feel this is one of those conversations that that I'll, I'll personally have to listen back to once or twice because this idea of being expert an expert like we're always taking advice on so many things whether we're 
reading a, a listicle online um, or just some in-depth blog post or even a book. And so it's something that I, I think is so worth keeping in the back of all of our minds. So thank you for, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Finishing up becomingbettershow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. 